Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from lockdown in Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been good friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. We finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, over 60 years of work experience, and uh, three rolls of toilet paper between us. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. And Kramer, if you need some toilet paper, I can sell you some. I've got some for uh, 10 bucks a roll. Oh, you're selling it by the roll. I think they're selling it by the sheet up <laughs> By here. the sheet in Northern California. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we're going to have to save all our money for toilet paper. But beyond that, do we have another topic for our listeners today? Uh, yes. If you're here to talk about uh, coronavirus, uh, we are not going to talk about that except by accident. It's uh, late March 2020, but we are going to talk about fitness. Uh, we have a special guest today. It's Mr. Josh Donovan. I've known Josh for a few months now. He's uh, His firm is uh, executive coaching, leadership training firm, and that's where we met. Um, and But why he's here is because it turns out he also owns a gym in his hometown of Atascadero. And um, Josh is also a father of two. He's a little younger than you and I, Dave, but he is obviously very fit when you meet him and we're hoping he can talk to us about how cheap middle-aged men can stay fit uh <laughs> welcome <laughs> i thought we were talking about being unfit today so i guess i got the wrong podcast welcome, welcome josh. josh thank you daves so much for that introduction uh only correction there is i am the father of three i have three little girls that keep me very busy but yes other than that you nailed it thank you mr kramer here's a here's a warning like for our listeners um as you listen to this i expect it'll go to a different wider audience once the uh, josh donovan uh marketing machine gets in play uh and it might sound like we're paid hacks out here to promote josh's business but but we're not you might be fooled by our professionalism and our our, our mellifluous uh radio voices but we're we're just two guys trying to uh Tell it like it is. Um, I'm expecting, Dave, that as we are about to enter a major economic downturn, the Dave Squared movement is going to take off. I think it will because we're offering people a lot of good sound advice and how to save money and lore. Who knows what's going to happen between now and the next 60 days? I expect things that I have not seen before. Yes, the traditional role of the dad saying, Turn out those lights. Close that refrigerator door. Why are we buying? Why are we wasting money on Kraft macaroni and cheese when the Safeway brand is right next to it? All that will come, come true. true. <laughs> That's already coming true. My wife came home with the Safeway brand of mac and cheese, and my girls liked it way more. So I, I was a big fan. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can find, find something, something on the shelf, shelf, right? right? We need to open, open our, our, minds. our minds. So, so Josh, Josh, yes, sir. Dave, Dave and I are both the same age. We're 55 years old, relatively good shape, uh, luckily enough to be in good health. Uh, I'm not a gym member at the moment. I have uh, spent many, many days over many years in gyms. And could you, well, actually, could you tell us a little bit about uh, your outfit down in Atascadero? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe just a, a little bit of my background. 
Um, I've spent a lot of time in the fitness industry, kind of grew up in it as, as I was a young boy and going to school. My mom actually worked inside of a health club here locally. And so after school for me was, you know, running around on the racquetball court and trying not to get in trouble or disrupt the members too much. And so gyms and health clubs uh, have always been familiar space for me. Uh, out of high school, I went to the Marine Corps. I spent six years uh, in the Marines and, you know, that kind of started my leadership training and development there, but also kept my fitness regimen going in the right direction. And so, you know, fitness has always been a passion of mine. People have always been a passion of mine. Um, after the Marine Corps kind of fell into the fitness industry, um, working for a great local company here in our area and found my way up through the ranks, you know, everything from teaching group exercise to cleaning equipment uh, into membership sales and then got into upper management and really, really enjoyed the business side of things and, you know, the marketing and employee training, systems management, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not currently functioning as a trainer. Um, you know, had, had the opportunity to work for a few different fitness brands and then in 2014, uh, partnered up with a buddy of mine and decided it was kind of time to do our own brand. So uh, in Atascadero, we're positioned between Paso Robles, California, San Luis Obispo County, and uh, we're a small town, 30,000 people. But our fitness facility is called Give Fitness. And the reason we named it Give Fitness is because our business model is to give 50% of our profits back to the community of Atascadero where we do business. So it's really important to us to be a purpose-driven company. Um, it's a 15,000 square foot facility. We have about 2,000 members, uh, 40 employees, 40 to 50 employees. Uh, it just depends. Group exercise instructors kind of make that number fluctuate a little bit. Uh, we consider ourselves full service. And yeah, we're just really happy to serve our local community with a, a different kind of fit. So you so said you're, you're in your sixth, sixth year. year huh? That's correct. We just celebrated six years. Yeah. Well, that, that's really exciting. At um, being, being a small, a small businessman, businessman can, can be, be quite, quite challenging. challenging. Yes, and we are in some interesting times, present day. <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Um, do you guys market to a certain range of individuals or certain types of individuals, or what's your client base like? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, we like to say that, you know, we can offer something for everyone. Um, our our main demographic is probably in the, you know, late 20s to early 40s. But we also have a great program called Silver Sneakers, which um, is geared towards the 65 and older crowd. And they actually receive a free membership through their insurance provider and the insurance provider compensates us for their visits. So, you know, we end up with a pretty wide range uh, demographically as far as our members are concerned. That's pretty That's pretty interesting. Um, I know my daughter's 27. She uh, has joined a gym at different times and currently is a, a gym member, I think. Um, and the family, we've, we've had memberships before kind of on and on and off throughout the years. But I think right now she's the only person in, the, in my family of four that uh, has a gym membership right now. Of, of those 2,000 members, how many do you think are active, active each, each month? month. <laughs> it's a common question. And industry-wise, uh, we, we typically find it to be consistent that 
on a daily basis, you'll check in roughly 20% of your membership base. Now it's not, it's, it's the old 80, 20 rule, right? But it's not always that same 20%. It, it fluctuates, but you know, daily visit wise, we're usually in the five to 600 range of, of members visiting each day. Wow. wow. I'm, I'm surprised it's that high. I, I don't really, I don't really have, have any idea, idea about, about gym, gym membership. membership. And you can, and you can Josh, can you track, track them because you know individually who came, who came into the gym? gym? We can track that, yes. We don't actively track that. We kind of track it more from a, a high level, you know, num- daily numbers, monthly numbers. We don't, um, you know, go in and individually track all 2,000 of the members. And sometimes they have the impression that we do that. You know, they would like their charges to be based on whether or not they show up. And uh, that's not typically how gyms approach uh, membership charges. Gotcha. gotcha. So, so you, you have, have, have an ID, ID card. card and you see their ID, ID card. How many people came to the door? But you're not sure exactly the folk, folk, which, which, which members came in which day. Well, we can track that individually. So, you know, we have, especially we work with some employers that offer corporate memberships to their employees and we can always run an individual attendance report for you know a specific member and see the exact day and time that they came to the gym it's just not something that we are doing on an ongoing basis um, as metrics that are important to us i got gotcha. you i was just curious if you had any knowledge of like demographics if you broke your user base down into those people different age groups if certain groups tended to use the gym more than certain other age groups or or whether males or females or uh use the gym more often often than not not. right you know one thing that's very unique about our specific model is that um for our membership price and you know our most common membership is 29.99 a month and with that we offer free kid care so, um, you know, wow. everyone, everyone's able to bring a child into our daycare center included in that rate up to two hours per day. So we do find that, you know, kind of younger parents are probably our primary demographic, but it's mostly as a result of that offering. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Can, they, can, they, can you drop them off and leave? <laughs> Uh, that is not part of our daily <laughs> operation. Um, we we get it a lot. Our our gym is situated right next to a Vons or or Safeway, and so we get a lot of people wanting to just sneak over and do grocery shopping. Um, but we do require present parents to be uh, present on site. But uh, about every quarter, we do what we call parents' night out, and for about three or four hours, we do let parents drop their kids off. Uh, my kid care staff will, you know, do pizza and a movie and usually a craft with the kids and gives parents the opportunity to go out and get a quick date night or do some shopping or something like that. Yeah, that's really nice. I think especially when you have when you have young kids, it's it's really hard. And given that ability, especially for stay at home moms to me to come by and, and get some exercise, that would probably help with getting that yeah, demographic, demographic in the building. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe we could take it, uh, you know, a little more broad stream fitness wise so we can, um, you know, give some information to your, your guys' listeners that might be useful for them. That'd be That'd great. That'd be great. So go ahead. Where do you guys want to take this? Well, I can tell you what my fitness regime is. My, my goal is to do the least amount of exercise to extend my life. So... Um, I have one fitness piece of equipment left, and it is a 25-pound dog. So I walk my dog every day. I happen to live in a hilly neighborhood, so I try to uh, run up the hill, get my pulse up for 120, 130 or something once a day, and uh, I don't know, maybe a mile walk. And 
based on my research, that's uh, the bare minimum I have to do to be a, a healthy, long-lived person. But I haven't asked your opinion yet, Josh. Yeah, well, Dave Blasco, I'm curious to hear uh, what's your relationship like with fitness present day? I'm like Ditto Kramer. I have a, <laughs> I have a dog, and and generally, I just I try to get out and walk him Monday through Friday when I'm when I'm at work. I generally will walk him in the evenings with my wife. Um, on the weekends, I'll do a couple walks, so maybe somewhere about walk about two miles uh, on the weekends, two to two and a half miles on the weekends, and maybe in the weekdays, um, just about a, a mile walk or so. So, do you enjoy it? Yeah, I like you know I like getting out because I see people. It helps me see people in the neighborhood I enjoy, and I know that it's good for me to get out and walk. And I think it exercise is good for you. I'm not a hardcore exerciser, so I'm not doing anything else besides that. Um, I will try at work just to make sure I don't sit for too long. So maybe after an hour, I'll just take a spin around the building, if you will. Um, but that's really the extent of my exercise. My exercise. Yeah, and how, how about you, Kramer? Do you enjoy the activities that you're doing? Yeah, I listen to podcasts usually, uh, occasionally uh, correspond re- recently because we've been very busy, but possibly listen to music. Um, yeah, many years ago, I was at a party with one of my wife's colleagues, and uh, he was a physician, uh, European fellow, very charming and debonair, and between puffs on a cigarette, he said, uh, yeah, I've looked into this pretty carefully, and exercise does extend your life. But if you do the math, it extends your life for the same duration as the duration of the exercise. So if you don't like exercising, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> That's great advice. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know about fact-checking that one, but I'm, I'm also a big advocate of finding activity and movement that you enjoy doing. Right, right. So, so it's consistent. consistent. Yeah, well, and so many people associate exercise with pain and suffering, you know, and, and failure. And I think that's, it plays a lot into people's relationships with gyms and, and fitness centers. You know, there's this idea that everyone in there is perfect and beautiful and in shape and it can be very intimidating. And, and most people, you know, think of it as a place of judgment and not being good enough. And, you know, really we need to try to tear down those barriers and let everyone know that we all have a common goal of, you know, pursuing the best version of ourself, if you will. Yeah, I don't deny that. However, there's no reason, Josh, why I couldn't go out and buy $100 worth of weights, well, maybe more than that, and work out in my basement. Um, but if I don't go to the gym and have people stronger than me around me challenging me, I don't do it. Do it. Yeah, and so now you're kind of talking about preference. You know, it was, it was interesting. I listened to your guys' last episode about MBTI and uh was was really intrigued um and was awesome you know stoked to jump on here with two judgmental critical know-it-alls you know <laughs> that's what that's people, what people like, about like about us, about us too. <laughs> <laughs> um but Josh, you're funny. Funny. I, like, I like i like you, Josh. You, Josh. oh thanks <laughs> um no but you're, you're absolutely right and i think that uh, preferences are an important piece of this because you know you guys were talking about you both being introverts and you know, when we go through MBTI, and, and maybe it's worth saying that, you know, while my most of my professional career has been in the fitness industry, um, I would say about 2017 was probably the, the height of my uh, fitness career. 
Um, I, you know, received an international award from um, URSA. It's an organization, uh, International Health and Racket Sports Association, and they gave me an award as a rising star, a top fitness professional under the age of 35, and I I no longer qualify for for that award age-wise. But, you know, what I found was that I started really not having as much passion for the industry because um, there's still just a lot of it's the sales game. It's locking people into contracts. It's, you know, misrepresenting and, and, you know, gyms have, have reputations. So, you know, do people need gyms? Absolutely not. You know, can they, can you pursue fitness individually and on your own? Yep. Um, I think, you know, getting, so anyways, I transitioned a little bit more out of the fitness industry into more business consulting and, and coaching and um, I work as a contractor for, you know, Lighthouse Institute, which is the organization that, you know, Dave Kramer's company brought in. And that's how, you know, our relationship was established. And, and that's kind of where my focus is now more on um, coaching individuals and consulting other businesses, both inside and outside of the fitness industry. So um, looking at that MBTI and your guys' preferences, you know, looking at introversion and extroversion that's that really speaks to how you charge your battery and a lot of times people look at that component um and want to assign it to people's behavior you know you guys mentioned like being at a party and being like okay maybe i'm borderline introvert extrovert i'll talk to like one or two people uh, but that's not really what the introversion extroversion speaks to as more as it is when you need to charge your battery do you look inward or do you look outward and so when you're looking at fitness and as something that I would probably put in that same realm of charging your battery, self-care, it's like, hey, do you want to go inward and do you want to be the guy out on a walk with, you know, just your dog and kind of by yourself? Or, you know, someone like me who has a strong preference for extroversion, I like the social interaction and social accountability and I work out a lot harder when I'm in, in a setting where there are other people around me. So I think um, as people gain awareness and understanding of kind of who they are and, and what their preferences are, you start to gain more clarity on, on which envir- environment might be better for you. So, so, so therefore, the, the gym, gym in your mind is, be- is, is maybe better for extroverts who like that interaction that charges their battery, basically, and drives them to go to the gym? Yeah, that's that's kind of a good summary of what I'm saying there, you know, is I think that and certain gym settings offer different, you know, environments for that. Whereas, you know, you go to a a 24 hour fitness and kind of everyone's on their own versus going to like a CrossFit uh, or Orange Theory type class where there's a lot of camaraderie, you know, a lot of common goals and working together and high fiving there's just where you fall on that spectrum of preference for interaction could could play a role in you know what fitness you find enjoyable or preferable i think um quite question for you josh because obviously i'm a middle-aged guy a lot of people that i talk to their goal to go to the gym is to is to mainly lose weight to get their body mass index down i'm curious from looking at your customers what do you find um, keeps them going to the gym? Because I'm imagining if they go, then they get fitter and get healthier because of that. What are the things that keeps them going back? That's a great question. And I think it probably, the answers are probably a range for, for different people. Um, I, I find it, sometimes we'll joke and say, we could probably summarize everyone's goal as less fat on their body, you know? Um, 
and so I would agree that losing weight and, you know, lowering their BMI is a very, very common goal that we see. But you know, there's a lot of other people that are in kind of maintenance mode or, you know, like like Kramer's goal to extend life and just kind of be healthy and find balance. Um, so it just depends. But I'm a big advocate and proponent of people identifying, you know, kind of what is that goal and what is the reason that you, you come to exercise or come toward fitness? I gotcha. And so one of you made mention of being extrovert. I, I, w I was wondering if you see people that tend to show up together as like friends, like two, like Dave and Dave, if we live in the same town, will we show up together because it's a social thing? I guess that goes with the extrovert thing or maybe you have a competition or something like that. Because what I always saw was just making sure that people, in my mind, they were successful. The ones obviously they were turn to go there on a periodic basis to achieve their goal, whatever that was. Um, and for a lot of people that I know, it's the it's to lose the weight and keep the weight off kind of thing. Absolutely. Accountability is a huge piece, you know, so we do have, we have a lot of people that have workout buddies and come in, you know, together and are, are sharing goals and sharing exercises. And we, we find in the industry for that, those people are typically more successful. Uh, additionally, like working with a personal trainer, you know, we have some special membership options that we offer at Give Fitness, where if you work with a personal trainer on the front end of your membership, we actually discount your monthly membership forever for, for as long as you stay a member with us. Because industry stats show if you work with a trainer on that front end, you're I mean, it's crazy. It's like 200 times more likely to be a member nine months down the road than if you were to just come in on your own. So, you know, we encourage accountability, but I think the bigger piece that you were speaking there, speaking to there, Blasco, is, is habits. You know, it's like you can have the goal of wanting to lose weight and, okay, my goal is to lose 20 pounds and I, I go to the gym once this week and, okay, next week I go to the gym again or, or work out or do whatever and, you know, you're not getting closer to that goal and we see a lot of people drop off and quit at that point as opposed to, um, implementing the habit and consistency and incremental growth and small changes toward that goal. So, you know, I'm a big advocate, as Kramer could tell you, of focusing on the process and focusing on implementing the habits that are going to lead you to that goal, as opposed to just identifying the goal and not not doing the work that's required to get there. Yeah, when, when I was going to the gym, what worked for me was going every day, uh, first thing in the morning when it opened at five o'clock. Uh, I was tracking what I was doing, a pretty straightforward five by five workout. Um, and I'd get in, I'd get out and go home, take a shower, wake up the kids and help them get to school. Um, what I'd find is, uh, I'm a general contractor that there'd be a lot of contractors there at the same time. Um, and occasionally I'd run into somebody that I knew from the business and they'd want to talk. And I found that very frustrating. Of course you did. You're an introvert. <laughs> so you're making business deals at the gym. So it, it, was, it was bad for your fitness, but maybe good for the bottom line of business. Maybe if I was selling instead of being sold to, I wouldn't have minded. But uh, I'm trying to get in and out in 35 minutes. Yes, and that that I find that very challenging also, uh, especially when you work in gyms. Everyone wants to talk to you while you're working out because they want to tell you all the ideas they have for the next piece of equipment you should get or, you know, their next great idea. So I, I'm very familiar with that challenge while working out. Another thing that worked for me, I think one of our challenges, particularly if you're an INTX like I, I am, is you, I'm very 
practically minded. So when you're lifting weights, you pick up something heavy, you put it back in the same place. You didn't really, it doesn't feel like you accomplished anything. So one thing that worked for me, I was using an app called uh, Zombies Run. I think it's still available. And what it is is you're listening to a story about the apocalypse and uh, every once in a while you'd run into zombies and uh, it was a game and it would measure your pace by the uh, accelerometers in your phone. And if you didn't run fast enough, the zombies would eat you and you'd lose points. How apropos we could turn that into the coronavirus game <laughs> to outrun the virus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The thing I wanted to share, guys, is, um, you know, fitness is obviously a, an important component when it comes to talking about health and, you know, d Kramer, you were saying, you know, extending life and it, it's wildly valuable. And obviously I'm a, I'm very passionate about fitness. Um, I look at wellness and health as kind of more holistic and look at all the fundamentals of eat, sleep, move, right? And, and so move would be fitness and that's really kind of one component. So I, I love the analogy of a vehicle and kind of making the same comparison of if you just focus on that one component of movement, it's kind of similar to like if you were to just only focus on changing your tires on your car and, you know, cleaning the windows and replacing your taillights and blinkers, but, you know, you never put fuel in it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, eating is a very big uh, component of overall health and wellness and, and how you're fueling your body. And then, you know, sleep also wildly important and you know that'd be kind of similar on the vehicle analogy of like if you just never did preventative maintenance like your oil change and your timing belt or you know battery and stuff like that but you know if you want that vehicle to drive well you have to do all those things you have to fuel it properly you have to do the preventative maintenance you've got to do the exterior changing tires all that and so kind of same thing with our bodies and you know our overall health is you know, the, the three fundamentals work together of, of eat, sleep, and move. So, you know, I, I'm always trying to coach people toward balance and looking at it all at a kind of holistic approach instead of dialing in on, on one component. You know, you know Josh, Josh, I've joked with uh, people at work, you know, we do some prefabrication and build wall panels about uh, saving money by getting the uh, CrossFit people that work out next door to pay us to load the trucks. So... I meant that as a joke, but you do do CrossFit and you do have giving in your, uh, it's the purpose of your organization, or at least one of them. Do you think you could organize people into doing something physical for a food bank or something like that? You know what I mean? Where you're stacking bags of rice or putting out, filling sandbags uh, before a big storm? He we have not done it at the level where the actual physical activity is direct, directly related to the giving. But what we have done is we have run four or five different contests and we've called them pound for pound. Mm -hmm. So we've done weight loss competitions over the course of, you know, six to eight weeks. We've even done one for 12 weeks. And all the participants that participate in the challenge, for every pound of weight that they lose, we donate a pound of food to the loaves and fishes locally here in Atascadero. And so uh, collectively of all the contests that we've ran, uh, there's been over a thousand pounds of weight lost and we've donated over a thousand pounds of food locally to loaves and fishes. Hmm. Well, that's, well, that's great. great.
So our tagline, our tagline for the gym is you get fit, we give back. So we always look to tie that to anything that we're doing where our members are doing, you know, what they came to do anyways, which is to get fit. And then we'll do the giving on their behalf on the backside. So it gives them something to tangibly be a part of. I I think that's great, Josh. It's uh, clear that this is a way to motivate you and your partners. So when you do... It would be easy to occasionally drift into cynicism about contracts and things like that. But uh, when you have an underlying purpose like that, uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to put in the hard work you need to do, to, particularly as a small businessman. Yeah. And, you know, we really we really tried to get away from those things in the industry that were kind of turning me off. So we actually don't have a membership sales department, which, you know, other owners and operators in the industry would tell me I'm, you know, crazy for but we do all of our all of our membership sales through our website and i just kind of coach my front desk staff to help people through that process Uh, we don't do enrollment fees and we don't do contracts Um, you know this isn't helpful for you guys in you know the bay area and, and tempe arizona but you know i think that for people that are looking to save money on the fitness realm um almost kind of this cry to support local and look for those smaller gyms that, you know, might have a little more flexibility in their, um, in their pricing and in their options. Um, but like you said, Kramer, you know, there's also a lot of great home options that you can look at getting equipment you can get really great equipment on Amazon. Um, you know, delivery might be a little bit of an issue present day, but hopefully that passes and, and it doesn't take a lot to get out and, and find movement. You know, you guys are doing it, walking your dogs and getting your heart rate up a little bit. So it doesn't have to be something that impacts the wallet or is a large expense at all. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I agree. That's great. Um, uh, it's interesting, though, that you come out of the Marine Corps because uh, it seems like force marches with 60-pound packs um, doesn't fit very well with your philosophy well it didn't at the time (laughs) i guess that's why you have drill instructors huh yes and you know and my my relationship with fitness has evolved also you know i very much came out of the marine corps on kind of that extremist approach of you know no pain no gain and pain is weakness leaving the body and you just do it and it's like you know, as you work with people in the real world, they don't like pain. <laughs> so you you want to try to find things that are a little more enjoyable and um, fitness should be enjoyable. You're working on yourself and you're you're adding years to your life and it should be a positive thing. You know, I've, I've gone through the seasons where I've been really hardcore and tracked all my macronutrients and got down, you know, to like 7% body fat. And was it great? Sure. It was awesome. Is it sustainable? Absolutely not. And so it's, it's more about finding something that is, you know, sustainable over time that is in balance and is, uh, working me toward a better version of myself than, than the opposite. Yeah. Cause part of the thing, if you want to extend your life, you also have to be able to run away from things and possibly climb a fence. So it's a good idea to be able to do at least, at least a, couple a couple of pull-ups. pull-ups. Absolutely. Functionality is super important. Um, yeah, pull-ups are a great exercise. One of my favorites. Hmm. Yeah, and there's I saw uh, a correlation between, uh, I'm trying to remember how they phrase it exactly, but your ability to get up and down off the floor uh indicated how long you were going to live. I think it might have been a proxy for having uh, small kids in your life and being a grandparent. But still, 
uh, I think it's a good idea to just be able to get in and out of a chair and uh, get up and off the floor because eventually we're all going to going to fall on the floor. <laughs> I think I've seen that before where it's a, maybe a proxy too for you're able to keep your balance maybe, which is maybe a proxy for strength or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, burpees are a great exercise for that. Uh, a group, a small group, like six of my friends and I, we uh, kind of took the challenge to do ten thousand burpees this year of twenty twenty, and that wow, wow. Bre- breaks down to twenty seven per day. So you know, I like to start each morning with a set of I just do thirty burpees, and it's a it's a great exercise. It gets you all the way down on the ground and gets you right back up. It's very functional and it's a checking the box towards a win of a goal over the course of the year. So that's like awesome. It. Yeah. One of my uh, coworkers does the Spartan races with his uh, wife. And uh, I don't know if you ever watched them. They're, they're exciting, but if you can't do one of the activities, like throw the javelin into the, the giant uh, corn man, uh, you have to do 30 burpees. I have seen those. I have not done one. There was supposed to be one here locally, and it has recently been postponed. But um, yes, burpees are the punishment for, or burpees are your opportunity if you uh, are not able to f- complete the challenge at the Spartan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you get, get to do, to do 30, 30 burpees. burpees. Yes. There sorry, sorry, for that. That. Sorry, sorry for the victim, victim language, language there, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Kramer. I think. Um, I think we've talked a lot about fitness. I think, Josh, can you help us summarize? Some of my kind of takeaways are trying to make this a habit, right? Because I see a lot of friends of mine, they, they want to lose weight. And I think you've talked about finding a way to make it a habit. So it's a long-term thing. Can you, what are some, you know, your takeaways for some middle-aged guys that want to lose weight or anybody for that matter, or just be a better self? Like, I think, uh, like Kramer, I want to extend life. So I realize that walking or doing some sort of running or biking or running the treadmill would be good. What what should people do to focus on that sustainability to, to, to get, get there? there? That's that's awesome. Great summary right there. And, and yes, big fan of making a habit out of it. Um, I'm, I'm not so much an advocate for, you know, over-focusing on weight. Uh, I think that people can get really caught up in the scale. So I, I say base it more on how you feel. How do you define a win when it comes to movement? You know, I think starting small, you know, if, if you want to start, hey, I want to get, you know, 100 burpees a week or I'm going to go on, you know, three walks, define the win and track that win, make it measurable. Um, that's a great way to start implementing a habit, um, you know, have uh, have accountability, write it down, measure it, uh, focus Focus kind of on a more holistic approach. Look at look at your nutrition. Look at your sleep habits and your and your movement. You know, I like to say you can't outrun the fork. So you know, it's important to look at what you're putting in your body as well as the output. Um, eat, sleep, move are are my three fundamentals. And then you know, define what a win looks like in those categories and 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 track it and manage it and celebrate. The- well, that's great, Josh. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, and Dave Blasco, of course, always good to catch up with you. Any any final words, uh, Mr. Blasco? Exercise. Find some find something to do, even if it's your walk on your dog. I think it's it's good for anybody. So find something. All right, Josh Donovan, give us uh, something, something pithy, pithy to, to take, take away. away. <laughs> no pressure. No, pressure. No, I know. I mean, I would echo what uh, Blasco said. Uh, something is better than nothing. 
Um, find it, find something that you enjoy. It shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be miserable. Um, and I think you'll feel better as a result. All right. Uh, if anybody has any follow-up questions or would like to have Josh back or find out more about his, uh, his gym and other things that he's doing in the community, you can reach us by email at Dave squared podcast at gmail.com. We're also always interested in hearing suggestions for podcast topics. So we're going to sign off for now. Everybody be safe out there and be fit.